0: Welcome to In-Depth, an in-depth look at the interesting, educational, and timely topics affecting you right here in South Central Iowa and beyond. The one to count on for today's local news coverage is KNIA and KRLS. Now with today's In-Depth, here's Dr. Bob Leonard.
1: A historian with local roots is walking across Iowa to follow the trail of the 1835 expedition of the Iowa Dragoons. Let's go in depth with Professor Kevin Mason of Waldorf College. Well, Kevin, tell us a little bit about yourself.
0: So, uh, I'm uh, Kevin Mason. I'm a historian, a rural environmental historian focused on the United States Midwest. Um, I was uh, educated first, I guess, at uh, Pella Community High School, uh, there in your listening area, then uh, went to uh, North Iowa Area Community College in Mason City, uh, then uh, went on and got my Bachelor of Science in Social Behavioral Sciences at uh, the University of Mary of Bismarck, North Dakota, before uh, moving on to graduate school where I got uh, my Master's degree at uh, Wayland Baptist University in Plainview, Texas, in American history. and then, I uh, did my PhD at Iowa State University uh, in rural and environmental history, uh, primarily focused on uh, the U.S. Midwest, uh, where I wrote uh, about uh, Inc. Paduta's 1857 attack on Spirit Lake. Um, and so that's where a lot of my research has been um, in the past. Um, and so this is kind of my first uh, postdoctoral uh, project as I get ready to walk across Iowa following the 1835 expedition of the Iowa Dragoons.
1: Well how cool. This is really neat. Okay, so first tell us who the Dragoons are.
0: So the Dragoons, uh, unlike you may think initially, not uh, fire-breathing medieval animals or anything, they uh, were a group of uh, the United States military, uh, kind of um, around uh, as early as the American Revolution. uh, George Washington raised four regiments of uh, light Dragoons. Um, that uh, served in most of the uh, major uh, campaigns of the American Revolution. Um, But after that, we kind of see them uh, trail off. uh, And the United States brings back the Dragoons around uh, the War of 1812, I mean, in the period immediately after that. And if um, you're unfamiliar, uh, they're kind of uh, mounted infantry. So you can think of them like cavalry that you might be uh, more familiar with, like maybe George Armstrong Custer during Um, The later uh, so called Indian Wars or uh, kind of uh, the uh, American Civil War, Um, but just kind of uh, mounted uh, troops that were positioned uh, largely along the frontier of the United States that moved westward through places like Iowa, um, largely charged with uh, keeping uh, peace between uh, American settler populations moving into areas. And then also uh, with explorations, like the one uh, that I'm taking a look at, uh, like they undertook in 1835
1: here in Iowa. Okay, and that's known today as the Dragoon Trail, and we've all probably seen signs along the Dragoon Trail, correct? So,
0: yeah, especially uh, in... It was an area, I always think about uh, growing up in Pella out uh, around Lake Red Rock, you see those familiar brown and black signs um, that have a picture of a dragoon on them and just say Dragoon Trail, and I always kind of wondered uh, what those were, and uh, those signs actually came about the Department of Transportation put in uh, the dragoon trailing uh, starting in 1933, and it runs actually from Lake Red Rock up to the Fort Dodge area. Um, and roughly follows the path the 1835 expedition took uh, on their initial exploration of Iowa um, under Stephen uh, Kearney. Uh, The trail itself uh, where they went was a little bit longer. They started uh, down at Montrose where I'm gonna start my track here uh, soon, um, and they uh, followed that up, uh, the Des Moines River, uh, to about Boone, where then they cut over uh, north by northeast to Winona, Minnesota, um, before uh, eventually looping back and catching the Des Moines River in modern-day Minnesota, and uh, coming back um, all the way down the Des Moines River, uh, back to what was uh, called First Fort Des Moines, which is at uh, modern-day Montrose uh, on the Mississippi River.
1: And you're going to walk this?
0: yeah the po- portion i'm uh, planning to do is about 320 miles um, i'm breaking that into three parts starting uh right here uh, uh, this uh kind of coming up this week um and um, i'm going to walk from uh, montrose up to uh, the horns ferry bridge uh, just below the red rock dam um near pella uh, between Pella and knoxville um, and i'm going to be doing about 15 20 miles a day as so i make uh, my way uh, up there. And so, yeah, maybe a little bit of a crazy idea, but I'm a big believer that uh, seeing things slowly, um, especially uh, kind of uh, the environment, can really uh, open up new perspectives and help you uh, kind of experience things in different ways and maybe provide some different insights, especially as an environmental historian. One of the things I'm really interested in is seeing how the land uh, has changed in Iowa. We know it's changed a lot as we've converted from tall grass prairie to uh, the agricultural landscape we're really familiar with today. Or uh, Even if we think about uh, Red Rock itself, uh, we think about the Des Moines River and the large-scale uh, damming project um, that initially took uh, place in the 60s and 70s, and then obviously the recent project that was just completed uh, for the hydroelectric power um, out uh, at the lake. Um, Those are the kind of things I'm really interested in seeing as I kind of uh, walk my way up uh, the Des Moines River here over the course of the summer.
1: More in-depth after this. my conversation about the 1835 expedition of the Iowa Dragoons with Professor Kevin Mason of Waldorf College. I want to get back to that a little bit, but I want to set this interview in time for people so they know where you are when it airs. I'm not quite sure when it'll air yet, but you're, this is taking place Friday, May 14th, and you're leaving Montrose Saturday.
0: Yeah, so I'll be leaving uh, on the 15th, um, and then uh, kind of uh, making my way from Montrose up to uh, Farmington. Um, and from Farmington, I'll be headed uh, up to, uh, like, uh, the villages of Andeer and County, uh, Bonaparte and Benton's Fort, um, before uh, making it to Iowa's uh, second-oldest state park at lacey Um From there, I'll be headed up to Eldon, uh, which people may know because of Grant Wood's famous American Gothic painting. Um, then up to Ottumwa, uh, then uh, on to uh, Red Rock there, so I make my way through Eddyville and uh, kind of um, what I think about is the Buxton area, where the famous uh, kind of uh, utopia coal mining town was uh, during the uh, early 1900s, um, arriving eventually, uh, like I said, at the Hornsberry Bridge on uh, 22nd, um, so it uh, should be a Hopefully a nice walk, looking uh, maybe a little rainy. But, uh, you know, it rained on the Dragoons uh, uh, also on their journey. They got uh, poured on um, as they started uh, their trek. I was looking at the journal uh, this morning, and they made about four miles a day for the first week because of uh, unfavorable weather conditions. And I'll probably do a little bit better than that, but I have some uh, advantages maybe over that.
1: Sure, you have a backup team.
0: Yeah, I have. uh, I'm very grateful. Uh, My wife is accompanying me on this journey uh, to provide uh, both, uh, I suppose, uh, physical support and uh, driving, um, and and kind of providing uh, that. um, But also, obviously, uh, uh, (laughs) other types of support as well. And then also, we got to think about when the Europeans were coming through in 1835. There were no roads. uh, There were no uh, towns. There weren't. uh, any anywhere to stop and stay and some of those kind of things. So um, should be uh, a little bit easier on me uh, from that perspective. They did uh, take horses though, so they had an advantage. Uh, also, maybe if we're uh, trying to uh, weigh out the ledger.
1: Well, now you can't possibly be following their exact route. They, I'm sure they made a map, but we probably don't know exactly where, you know, their horses' hooves met the earth and then you've got private land to traverse are you going to be on roadways adjacent to their trail i know i mean i've spent a lot of time on the des moines river around here and i mean you can walk along it for you know long distances but i mean how do you know what you're going to do whether you're going to be on a road or on the river have you planned all that out
0: yeah i've uh, so starting back uh, maybe uh, january or february i started really look closely at what Um, I could figure out from uh, primarily Albert Lee, who was uh, a lieutenant, Um, he was a topographer, um, and uh, just a kind of military man in the United States military during that time period. I started to look uh, very closely at his journal, and uh, he actually made a a pretty detailed map that was uh, critical in uh, kind of the early uh, understanding of geography of uh, what would become Iowa, And so I started to look really closely at how I could kind of follow his map um, as feasibly as possible, uh, kind of in the modern um, (laughs) time period. Um, So I'm largely using the river as my guide. They came all the way back down just tracing the river, so that's the easiest way to think about it. On their way north, though, they did uh, kind of, uh, they ended up on the rise between the uh, Skunk River and uh, the Des Moines River. So they would have passed probably right through Pella. I know they stopped uh, in modern day uh, Colfax and and overnighted there. Um, and so I've been kind of trying to figure out the best way to balance uh, uh, available uh, routes today. I'm trying to stay on gravel as much as possible or on uh, established trails, um, just because uh, general safety reasons and some of those other uh, kind of, uh, I don't know, uh, concerns there. Um, but uh, I've been trying to stay as true to it as possible knowing that uh, yeah, it probably won't be uh, I won't be in the exact uh, path but We'll be pretty close and also using those journal entries where they had specific locations making sure to visit those sites um, to make sure um, That I was able to uh, kind of stay faithful uh, to the route as best as possible while also providing for uh, safety and just uh, avoiding uh, kind of uh, trespassing and some of those other kind of things
1: More in-depth after this. I continued my conversation about the 1835 expedition of the Iowa Dragoons with Professor Kevin Mason of Waldorf College. Well, now, as an environmental historian, I presume that you've got your handle on much of the flora and the fauna of the region, is that right? Yeah, so uh, Lee uh, made
0: all sorts of observations uh, about um, what was uh, going on um, uh, from a flora and fauna standpoint, Um, but one of the problems with his journal is, uh, like many Iowans, he loved uh, to uh, build up Iowa uh, to other people. He actually uh, wrote uh, a little book uh, called Notes on the Wisconsin Territory, particularly pertaining to the Iowa District. That came out the year after the expedition, and it uh, maybe builds stuff up a little bit uh, more than reality. It was just in terms of uh, the wonderfulness of Iowa, um, but uh, there is a uh, Uh, other expeditions that also took place during the time period. Uh, For instance, in 1841, Charles Fremont, who uh, became very famous uh, for his role in California's uh, independence from Mexico and eventual statehood, um, he uh, actually went on a a, a different expedition up the Des Moines River um, in 1841. Uh, And he brought a botanist with him that left behind all sorts of detailed records, especially pertaining to uh, modern-day Marion County. Um, And they took a lot of samples and some of uh, those types of things that uh, maybe allowed for uh, uh, kind of me as a a modern historian to see uh, uh, kind of uh, that change as well as other things. i also use a lot of other types of primary sources, a lot of census data. Uh, We always think about census as uh, related to counting people. Um, but especially during the 1800s, we have a series of state and national census that um, talk about all sorts of different things like uh, how many uh, acres are uh, improved or unimproved, how many have been surveyed, uh, what types of animals are on farms and in what numbers, um, and some of those kind of things. Um, and so there's a lot of different information out there we can use. Um, and then I also like to lean on uh, my colleagues in other disciplines that uh might know more about uh, uh, wildlife biology and conservation and some of those things. So I've been doing some interviews with those types of people as well and looking at some of their work uh, to hopefully uh, stand on their shoulders a little bit and and gain a better understanding of uh, what I'm looking at as I kind of make my way up the river this summer.
1: Will there be an intellectual product coming from this that's shared? I mean, I'm sure you will grow as a person, as an intellectual, but I mean, are you going to do a video, a book, anything like that, that we can share a little bit of your journeys?
0: So, yeah, I'm doing a a variety of different things. Um, Initially here, people want to follow along. um, I've got a website, www.notesoniowa.com, where I'll be uh, providing daily updates of uh, what I'm seeing. Also, be using uh, different social media platforms as uh, I'm kind of going along. Like uh, you can find uh, notes on Iowa on, on Facebook or on uh, Twitter or Instagram. Uh, and then uh, after I get done with this first segment on 22nd, I'm going to put together some of the film I'm shooting. I'm going to be uh, shooting film every day, uh, both uh, traditional uh, camera and then also. Uh, some drone footage, and I will be uh, putting that in together into short videos between the parts, uh, because I'm gonna do this part till the 22nd, then uh, June 2nd, I'm taking off for the longest uh, section I'm doing where I'm gonna go from the Neil Smith uh, Wildlife Refuge in uh, Prairie City all the way up to West Bend. Um, and uh, so I'm gonna hopefully put out a short video uh, kind of summarizing uh, what I've seen um, during that first uh, part I'll, I plan to do that again after the second part and then uh, eventually we'll see what it turns into i probably uh, will write some kind of longer form project be it an article or a, a book um, and then i hope to uh, take all of the video and put it together and create some sort of uh, documentary type project um, as i finish as well but i'm also uh, kind of open to letting this uh, find me at whatever medium makes the most sense as i come out of it um, We'll see, but I'll be providing lots of updates along the way if people want to uh, follow along and on either the website or any of the social media
1: platforms. Well, you're a young guy. What year did you graduate from Pella High?
0: So I graduated from Pella High in, in two thousand and seven, um, and so uh, I've been uh, out of Pella for for a while here. But I, I do think about um, I think Pella really nurtured uh, both uh, my love for history, my willingness to experience it different ways. I, I think about I've lived in a variety of different communities now and um, one of the things about Pella is it really cares about the path um, and you can see that in the historical village or uh, some of those things um, but also I just think uh, people really take a lot of pride in understanding uh, the place um, and then uh, keeping that relevant and, and allowing people to experience that in different ways and I think uh, that's certainly influenced uh, me as a historian, but also just uh, this project as well, uh, kind of a general interest in understanding the area. I spent a lot of time in growing up a little bit better.
1: I'm just wondering if there's any particular teacher to you would like to give a shout out to? For that oh,
0: sure. I had uh, some great teachers. I don't want to exclude uh, anybody, but I, I think uh, uh, some of my favorite uh, Pella uh, educators were uh, Mrs. Harvey and uh, Jackie was my fourth grade teacher. Uh, Jefferson Elementary and she was uh, I remember her as being very uh, tough but there yeah. and uh, uh, really uh, allowing me uh, to um, read a lot um, and uh, also kind of get really interested in projects I was working on um, and then uh, other people like uh, Mark Corr who's one of my high school uh, teachers longtime time uh, basketball coach at Powell High School has continued to have a, a huge influence on my life um, as well as uh, like uh, Mrs. Visser and Visser uh, was just always uh, and still is uh, somebody that I really look up to um, as just uh, somebody willing to uh, kind of uh, follow your passion and really care about the people around you and create cool things. And um, yeah, I, I think about those as some of the people that really stand out, although I was really fortunate um, to have a lot of great teachers um, in Pella growing
1: up. Thanks to Professor Kevin Mason for contributing to the program. For KNIA KRLS News, this is Dr. Bob Leonard bringing you today's news and information in-depth from our little corner of the universe.
0: An audio copy of today's In-Depth program is available at kniakrls.com, on demand or for download. Just click Podcasts. If you have topics or show ideas you'd like to hear in-depth, contact kniakrls by sending an email to Bob Leonard at kniakrls.com. The one to count on for today's local news and the number one news and information source in South Central Iowa is KNIA-KRLS.